Today on the show, we're talking about budgeting. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. Thank you so much for being with us today. My name is Courtney and I'm joined with Trevor. And this week we are doing a long awaited episode on budgeting. Trevor, we've been wanting to do this episode for so long. Yeah, budgeting is really important. I mean, I say this every time we do a topic, I say it's really important, but budgeting is the foundation of personal finance. I mean, without budgeting, everything else falls apart. So this is a crucial step in the path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. And no, and, and I agree with you. And it's, we've been saying we wanted to do it, but it, there, I think there's so much to budgeting that it's, it's, it's such a complex topic too, that it's hard to really tackle, but I think we're going to try to do our best job today and really bring everything in that you really need to know at a simplicity level, because that's what our, that's what our podcast is. It's making things simple. So we're going to try to simple it down and, and, and make it digestible. Well, and I also think budgeting is a is a horribly misunderstood topic or or idea that I hope we're gonna you know put a uh, put a positive light on today. And to lead off, it's funny that you mentioned about how misunderstood it is because I feel the exact same way, and I I feel like in in a lot of the personal finance realm, there's so many terms and ideas get tossed around. I mean. We're not even a personal finance podcast about investing or anything like that. But as soon as you get into the nitty gritty personal finance aspect, a lot of confusion can can take over. And it's sometimes hard to understand what you actually need to know and what something actually is about. Yeah, it, it's something where if you don't, if you don't completely, really budgeting is, is, it's up for definition. You can give it your own definition. It's not something... That's predefined. It's it's what you want to make it. And I think that's what we really want to drive home today is that just like there's so many different people on this planet, there's so many different ways to budget. And it really is what works for you. Yeah, that, absolutely. And, and you know, everybody has different financial problems. You know, nobody's, no two people have the same financial problems. And no two people should, you know, if a budget is a tool to help solve those problems, no two budgets are going to be exactly the same. Definitely. And I, I do want to get into this later, but I, I kind of want to prelude by just saying that there are a lot of great uh, budgeting tools out there from apps to software and programs, and they all do amazing things. And they're great at what they do. But I think I think we have to not get distracted by the tools and more. This episode, we are really going to delve underneath to the base and what budgeting is because it's easy to get caught up in the tools and things that make budgeting quote unquote easier. But really, it's it's fundamentally, you have to be able to know how to budget. And, and, and like we always say, Trevor, budgeting and personal finance is more than just the actions. It's, it's, the, it's the behavior and and the uh, and everything going on inside of us and and how we how we react and and how we think it is and it it kind of it's an accountability tool is really for me what what it what it creates is is a level of accountability. So yeah, that's that was my very next question. What is budgeting? And for you, would you have to sum up budgeting as uh, accountability? In a single word, I, w- I would say accountability is it. But really, to me, budgeting. Is a is a roadmap, uh, a roadmap to my financial destination, and it's it's a guiding force. And we, we said this before: if you have goals or, or aspirations or dreams, 
document them because it, it makes you accountable. So in, in doing a budget, it's, it's, it's a documented path or a roadmap to where you want to go. I, I was going to talk about this a little later, but I want to talk about this now. And I think the motivation to start a budget is really where it all begins because I'll, I'll use me as an example. And I just actually, there's a blog post up on livelifesimple.ca. It's called Budgeting Made Simple. And in that article, I talk about how until, to be honest, last month, I have never had a budget. And I know that sounds crazy because Trevor and I sit here every week and we have a personal finance podcast and you think that'd be something that I would be able to do. I should be able to do. I mean, it's it's the basics, but it's it's something that you really need this motivation to start. So Trevor, let's talk about a little bit of the reasons why you might want to have a motivation to start a budget and, and why there needs to be a motivation. Well, in... Okay, I'm a middle extreme, but for me, I started tracking my inflows and outflows of money as soon as I I, I received my first allowance as a child, and that really, to me, is is when you need to, you know, that that is one point where you could decide, okay, I'm going to have a budget because I have inflows and outflows of money. That that would be a good reason to start. Another reason to start would be. I'm struggling with my inflows and outflows of money. You know, there's another good reason to start a budget. But really, everybody should have a mechanism or tool to track their inflows and outflows of money. It's, it's, it's a requirement as far as I'm concerned. You're, you're just flying blind. You might as well be driving with your headlights off in, at night if, if you don't have a budget. It's, it's the same, same result. I, I want to get back to what, what you were saying, but before we jump off, I just want to add in for the motivation to start a budget. I feel like there are, you have to have this intrinsic motivation to want to start it. For me, I didn't really, and like I said in my blog post too, the link of which will be in our show notes, but I, I when I was in school, I only worked in the, during the summer months and during the summer months, I accumulated money and that accumulated money was what I then used to spend during the school year. So my budgeting method was make this last for eight months. And that's exact. that's not realistic for, um, post-grad. So essentially I was, I was, I was stuck. I needed some, I needed to do something different because what I had been doing worked for, worked quote unquote well for then, but now, now push come to shove and I am post-grad. I, I need to manage my expenses and, and work with the income that I have. So I really think age and stages of life and, and especially the goals that you have really determine the, the motivation you personally have to start a budget. Because Trevor, I think it's easy for anyone to say, oh, start a budget, but that's not enough. Well, necessity is often the mother of invention. So the necessity of needing a budget, a lot of times is, is the best time to create one or start one because you have all the motivation you need. But unfortunately, a lot of people they, you know, the, you wonder how people that get in, into credit card debt or consumer debt, and it's not knowing their inflows and outflows of money, you know, and they, they just figure, um, this was an unusual month and I needed to, you know, I couldn't pay off my credit card balance. Well, I'll get it next month. And next month, you know, there's some other catastrophe that happens or they, they just, I know people that their, their whole premise or tool for tracking their money is they look at how much money left, you know, was withdrawn from their bank. And if they earn on a monthly basis more than that, everything's good. You know, that that's their tool. And I, I guess if it works, that that's great. But a, a, 
you're you're never going to you're never going to have a roadmap to a financial destination with that kind of mentality. It's almost like you're walking around blindfolded if if you go about it that blindly. Well, that person I'm describing, they're doing better than the person that, you know, they're just hoping it works out every month. So that, I mean, that that person had a tool, I I would say not a very good one, but uh, they that was the the tool they used to manage their their inflows and outflows. Oh, yeah, I have to agree with that. I mean, and budgeting is sounds like such a negative word, and I, I wish we could re- rebrand it as um, but, financial planning. But that's the thing. Budgeting has only gotten such a negative a negative connotation to it because of everything surrounding it and, and the overwhelming, intimidating aspect of it and what it's built up to be. We have a market just for budgeting. I mean, you, I mean I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the App Store on iTunes a market for budgeting because there are... A plethora of budgeting apps in there so and and there's books on budgeting courses on budgeting so what I feel is that if the the average person looks around and sees that there's workshops books how-to guides and all these things about budgeting that automatically in their mind they're going to assume that budgeting is this complex thing they can't understand by themselves without the help of a financial advisor without the help of a book without the help of a workshop or a coach I, I think that that's partly it, but I think partly people look at it as budgeting is kind of like a diet. It's restrictive. You know, it's limiting. It's going to deny them things that they enjoy in life. And I'm saying it's the opposite. It's going to tell you that, you know, if you have an appetite for electronic gadgets, this budget's going to, you're going to be able to allocate money to electronic gadgets so you can, you know, get more of them if that's really what you want to do with your money. So it, it it's a positive tool in that, it, it will enable you to do the things you you find important or that you want to do. Oh, I, I agree with that. That's a fabulous point in that it, some individuals may look at it as something restrictive because it's true. Some people don't do well on lifestyle lifestyles where they have to follow certain rules in certain ways of doing things i.e. like a like a diet and I mean I know diet is sometimes a negative thing so I don't want to throw that word around too heavily but I agree with you anything that seems restrictive just doesn't jive with some people's personalities but I so saying that Trevor do you think that knowing that some people do feel restrictive do you think a budget can work for everyone whether it can or not everyone needs to have one you know I, I don't think we're I don't think that's the question on the table I think everyone needs to have a budget, whether they enjoy it or, or, or not, or whether they think it's going to work or not. It's going to, I guarantee it's going to work. It's, it's, it's a, as far as I'm concerned, it's a requirement. If you earn money, you, you need to have a budgeting process of some kind. In your adult life and in looking back, do you, and I know personal finance isn't something that openly is discussed, but have you had conversations with people about about budgeting have you found any is there any patterns or alarming patterns of people without budgets or just in in your adult life does most people have a budget you know funny how money is one of those topics I mean people will talk to you openly about uh, you know a substance abuse problem they have or uh, their their marital problems but then nobody wants to talk about their money you know it's it's sort of a taboo topic so I mean I've had sort of high level conversations with people that you know what kind of software do you use to to manage your your personal finances? But in terms of getting into the nuts and bolts and how do you manage your personal finances? That sort of what level do you track things? It's 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 strange how people just don't want to talk about that. It is such a taboo topic, and I 
I'm obviously very passionate about it and I, I love talking about it and I, I, I think I, I'm, I'm pretty good at managing personal finances and I'd love to talk to people and even help people. But it, it's funny, it's a topic people just don't want to open up about. And I think that's why maybe we are a little bit censored when it comes to personal finance because, and, and maybe why budgeting is such a baffling thing is because we, when we need help, is, is when you know you're in a maybe dire personal finance situation or when you need help with budgeting. It means that what you have is not working. And that's hard for some people to admit. Well, I don't think it's as much of that as a lot of people determine their personal worth or value in the world and, and how much money they make or earn. In the, you know, and, that, and then some people are embarrassed of how much they actually spend on things. You know, and it, so it, I think people are... Are, are and I think it's wrong to to measure somebody's val- worth or value in the world by how much money they earn. And I, I think it, it's wrong to be embarrassed that you you spent you know a certain amount of money on on a particular thing that you really enjoy. I mean, if that's your thing, who, who am I to judge you? So I I think it comes down to sort of you know you're you're afraid you're going to be judged in the world based on earnings and, and things you spend your money on. Definitely. And if somehow we could take that all away and take away that fear of judgment, we might be in a better place because we're, we'd be more open and willing to help people help us. Well, you know, the crazy thing is, you know, people will go to a, a financial counselor or a money coach who in essence is a complete stranger and pour out their financial life story to these people and all their financial problems with a great, great, degree of comfort but they will not tell a close friend or family in fear of being embarrassed or judged so it's kind of crazy in our society how we will entrust a complete stranger to this information maybe because they're sort of there's a code of ethics behind these people but still you're opening up to a complete stranger yet you won't approach somebody who really maybe have a has a vested interest in your well-being with the you know to help you with these financial problems that's an incredible point, and it's it's so true that that's that's what the way things are with a lot of things in in life, and it it, it is a little baffling. So before I I'm, I want to jump one last point before we jump onto our next point, but I, I really do think that to tie up the motivation to start a budget, that starting a budget and having a budget really puts the power back in your hands because, and it goes back to the whole idea that people fret over their usually lack of income, but never maybe look and turn towards their expenses. So realizing that you have the power in changing how much you spend, I, I really think that that mentality really changes the picture. You know, I work in corporate finance and we spend as much time uh, developing budgets and forecasts as we do in tracking the actual financial results. So that's the the level of importance we put on, you know, developing a financial roadmap. We we spend we as 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 much resources goes into tracking the actual flow of money. We put that much energy and time into projecting the flow of money. So it, for businesses, I mean, they need to know where they're going, not where they've been. Oh, for sure, and I I think that right there just signals how important this this topic is and how important this is to success because i mean a multi-million dollar corporation that's their primary concern so it should be our concern at, at a more personal level too 
So I now do want to jump over to talking about the difference between tracking your expenses and budgeting. Again, this is all in the this is in the blog post that is up on livelifesimple.ca, but I talked about how I am I was really good at tracking my expenses, which I thought meant I was good at budgeting. And my I'll just walk our listeners through what my tracking the expenses was like. So uh, all my receipts would come in. I'd put them in a stack. The stack would go into a box. A few weeks into the month, the stack would come out. I'd enter the information into an Excel spreadsheet. And those then I would file those receipts in a 12-month rece- receipt divider. So that was about it. And yes, the numbers went to a spreadsheet. But the spreadsheet didn't quite not make sense to me but it didn't quite tell me what I needed to to see and and it didn't really it wasn't designed in a way that really really gave me enough value to make a budget so it that was my that's been my tracking my expenses process and Trevor I just want to drop a definition of how I kind of differentiate between tracking your expenses and budgeting so I like to think of tracking your expenses as looking backward of what of what you spent and budgeting looks forward to make predictions on what you will spend based on what you have spent. And I agree with that 100%. That, that is actually actually it. So if you think of budgeting just in, as a overarching, you know, umbrella of tracking, you know, of personal finance documentation or, or whatnot, and then you break that into um, recording actual expenses and then projecting or forecasting future expenses. So budgeting is an all-encompassing activity and those are two functions within it. So you need to first track your, you know, get some historical data on what you've spent your money on before you can even begin to develop a budget. So you, like you said, you, you, you accumulated your receipts, you categorize them into meaningful groups. You never want to get too fine, but you don't want to be too broad either. And then based on, you know, I'll say at least three months of historical spending, you're in a position to project where your money's going to go in the future. And you can use averages and say, you know, I averagely, you know, spend this much and, you know, put, you know, slot that in every month. Then as, as time unfolds, you get six months of historical spending, you start to see patterns, you know, okay, I don't spend this same amount every month. It fluctuates, you know, and you start to see a pattern that, Every other month, there's a, there's a spike in a particular expense. So then you start to forecast that. And then maybe you get 12 months. So you got a whole year, a cycle, one cycle of spending. And you really start to see patterns flow. You know, you know, your insurance bills come due, you know, every six months. And maybe you, you uh, have a medical expense, you know, every year. So you start to see uh, patterns. And... Now you're in a position where you can actually start to project cash flow. So, you know, you start with an opening balance, you know, whatever's in your bank, you've got your income, your inflows, and your expenses is your outflows. You end up with a closing balance. And you can project that cash balance into the future. So now you can see if you're going to have a cash flow problem at any point in the future based on your historical patterns. And then you can plan for that. So, it may look like you have this big stockpile of money at some point, but then you know that you've got a big spike in expenses maybe three months from now. So you need that stockpile of, of cash to cover that. So you can really dial this thing and fine-tune it. And I can't tell you the stress this takes off your mind knowing you, you when you get to the point where you can project cash flow. You know, that, that is the utopia of budgeting. 
when you can look a year in advance, I mean, in a budget, it's never right. It's just a directionally right. So when you have a tool like that and you can be within, you know, $500, you know, margin of error, uh, 12 months out, you know, that is the, the stress that takes off you, your mind, you know, wondering, and, and you can build in Murphy's law, you know, things are going to happen. You, you can put in sort of buffers in your automotive repair expense. You know, you, it is, it is a phenomenal tool, but I, I can't say, I can't stress enough the, the amount of stress it relieves when you have this information in front of you, this, this, you know, knowledge and money is a great stressor in our lives. So if you can, if you can put more knowledge around what your money's going and, and how much you're going to need in the future, it really, really gives you a lot of peace of mind. Wow. That, yeah, I, I completely agree. And that, I, that is a perfect explanation of what a budget is. I do want to, you said a couple of awesome things. So one is fine tune. I really like that because and I also like directionally, right? Because I think that takes away the regality and the more diet mentality that a budget has and that a budget gives you control and that you can fine tune. And I, I love the idea that a budget offers the opportunity to look back at where your money went in the last month and then decide that, you know what, I'm going to allocate less to this category. I'm going to spend less in this area. So I love the control that you have. It, it really does give you all the power and directionally light, right? Meaning that if you, if your budget and, and things happen and, and things will change and is an evolution. So I love the idea of directionally right and that you are heading in the right direction. Well, and also, you know, when I say fine tuned, you start with spending categories and I never want to get too specific or too fine, you know, too, too much detail there. You, I think you started with broad ones. For, and I'll give you for instance. Yeah, can we have just, some examples of maybe too specific or not specific enough? Well, well, for me, for instance, so with my house, I'm not going to separate mortgage, taxes, and insurance. You know why? Because I'm never going to have just one of those or just two of those. I'm always going to have mortgage, tax, and insurance. You know, so I don't split that out. That's one category in my budget because... I'm not going to have a house without paying taxes or insurance, you know, and I'm not going to pay taxes and insurance and not have a house. So when I, when expenses that, that go together and can never be separated, you know, I don't, I don't burden myself with itemizing that separately as a separate category. That, that's one expense in, in my budget. But, you know, in another place, say you've got entertainment as a, as a category in your budget and you consistently overspend your entertainment budget. Well, you need to know why. So obviously, if, if you, without digging into your receipts, that if you're overspending that every month and you don't know why, then that category is too broad. You need to be more detailed there. So you might break it out into dining out, movies, and, I don't know, entertaining with friends. And th then maybe you'll say, okay, dining out is where I'm, you know, really blowing that budget. So you get that added information and you can make the necessary adjustments, either allocate more money to it or, or eat out less. So it's, it's things like that, that, uh, I don't know, they, you have to massage this thing and refine it as you go. And you may, you know, you may have, you may have two cars and you just, you know, I, for instance, I did this, I just had car maintenance. I didn't split it out by vehicle. And then the, 
my car maintenance kept going up and I said, you know, I really need to know how much each one of these cars is costing me. So I, I split that out separately. And same with fuel. I was just putting it all into one category and I, I wanted to find out just how fuel efficient these cars were. So I separated it. But it, it really, it, it may evolve. You may collapse expenses into one and you may divide some and you may revert back. So it, it really needs to evolve with your life. So you can't, there's no one size fits all and there's no one strategy will work forever. It, it's something that's for it constantly changing for me anyway. So when should you start a budget? I mean, realistically, it should be sooner rather than later. But what's your answer, Trevor? Well, budgeting, you know, if you wait till you're, I don't know, 30 years old, it's going to be a pretty complex process to start. And, and you know, you're going to have to learn sort of trial by fire and learn in a hurry. So I, I think the sooner you start it. So I said I started tracking my income and expenses as soon as I got an allowance as a kid. And I I find it inter- I found it interesting to just see historically how I spent my money. You know, I so I'll call it kind of a geeky thing. I most kids wait, don't Wait, wait. Are are you an accountant? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out I I am an accountant. So but but anyway, I found that interesting. I don't think you'd be hard pressed to motivate kids to do that. But the the soon as you start, I'll say, earning, uh, like if you have a part time job, and you're a teenager, I think you need to start tracking your incoming expenses, because chances are you're saving up for something, or you should be if you have a part time job. Some kids are saving up for school, so there's a good reason. Maybe your parents are funding your school, but you're saving up for, I I don't know some major purchase, you want to buy a fancy bike, uh, something like that, or some kids are saving up to buy a car. If you have any financial aspirations or goals, you should be documenting your inflows and inflows of money. Otherwise, you'll never reach them. Or you may lose motivation because you never know when you're going to reach them. You know, you, you're you just going on the, the motivation of hope, and hope runs out. You know, it's a uh, hope gets exhausted quickly. So uh, I, I think... And if you start it soon, it's a very simplistic budget. You know, you don't have a lot of cat spending categories. So to start it at a young age, it kind of gets you in the mindset when things are easy, simple, and you can track it. And then it'll evolve slowly and become more complicated as your life gets more complicated. So it, the sooner you start it, the better. That's actually what I was going to add in about starting it when you're younger, when, when life is simple, because I consider my life extremely simple right now. There's... There's, uh, there's no family, there's no home, there's no car to consider. So that, that takes away a lot. Even pets, there's, there's nothing really compli- complicated in my life financially. So I have to really agree with them. That'd be my one takeaway from this episode is start it now. If any of our listeners are closer to my age, start it now because life is simple. And I mean, my budget now, there's not many, there's not many that categories compared to, I'm sure your budget, Trevor, where I'm sure there's, there's so many more. So that would definitely be my well, my big it, push. Another thing is people, you know, they might think, oh, I don't make enough money to have a budget. Well, you know what? In my mind, those are the people that need, need the budget the most. When your income is is low, you're what I call very close to the edge, meaning your your income is only almost being completely consumed by your expenses, that you need to manage it more than somebody who earns a lot of money. So that, that that's another sign that you need to budget if you're a low income earner you need to budget more than somebody because some people manage their finances through excess meaning 
you know, I gave you the example where, you know, they, they look at how much came out of their bank account and it's less than they earn every month. So everything's good. You can only do that when you, when you're sort of manage your finances through excess, meaning you, you earn, uh, noticeably more than you spend and you have this buffer built in buffer. You may not know how much it is, but it seems to be working. So, but when, when you're closer to the wire, meaning you're, you're almost consuming all your income, a budget becomes almost, it becomes very critical. That's that's a really great point and, and one that is maybe not as intuitive as one may think. And yes, I completely agree. And it doesn't even matter what that low income range is. But again, like you said, if you unless you make considerably more, then a budget is definitely so important. So I do want to switch gears and to all our listeners out there, if your child is at a young age already tracking their expenses, definitely just just push them towards being an accountant or just register for their accounting designation right now. Um, But Trevor, you were saying before we started recording today that you you got your kids involved in tracking their expenses at a young age too and because you saw it was so beneficial for yourself and that you actually had like you're saying just a sheet of paper with the date a description and the amount and and then you also you're saying how you had um you had containers for their for money to go into so can you talk a little bit about when you thought is the right time to do this and what you did to teach your kids about money and and therefore budgeting one of the tools to motivate my kids was, is that I would try to give them financial goals, you know, saying, here's something you should save your money toward to buy, you know, and then that would be a good motivator. And, and then that creates the need to track expenses because you're trying to reach that goal. So I think for kids, the easiest thing is to give them a financial goal or target. And then that creates the need to create a mechanism to track it. So it, it's hard to motivate a kid to track their expenses. It's not something most kids want to do. But a need or, or a want or a desire, that, that, that gives them the purpose behind doing it. And I, I know this is probably sidetracking us a little bit, but how important did you feel then that giving your kids an allowance was it was crucial to developing these personal finance skills at the young age? And do you think it's benefited them growing up? Well, we did a, a show a while back on educating kids on personal finance and by giving them an allowance it it taught them how to manage money and I think it's a pretty important skill to learn in life and early earlier the better and I would encourage our listeners to go back and listen to that because there's a bit of overlap here but I I think giving your kids an allowance it, it it forces them to make in their mind or their world tough decisions and that's what really a lot of money management is, is making tough decisions. And then switching gears a little bit more, how do you bring, how do you bring a partner or a significant other into, the, into a budget with you? How do you make sure you're on the same page when it comes to that? And how do you get someone onto the same page when it comes to tracking expenses and, and really making priorities when it comes to money? I'm going to have to say I, I don't know. And I'll say because... My wife, so I sound extreme when it comes to budget, you know, budgeting and tracking finances. It turns out my wife is is at another level with that. You know, she is, she's not an accountant, but boy, she was born to be one. She's, she is rock solid in the personal finance department. She's she's a rock star. She 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 has a meticulous budgeting process, and I like to get involved in. My my involvement in our personal finances is the projecting and the the 
sort of the future look. And she tracks the, uh, the inflows and outflows and creates the sort of the, the historical data. And then I do the projections and look into the future. So we kind of feed off each other and it's a, it's a great, we have a great, uh, chemistry. And I, I so I, I've never had to motivate a significant other to get interested in personal finance. My, my wife would just, she, she was at the beginning, she was really the driving force saying, you know, we have to track this. So I thank her for that. But, um, so I, I, I don't, I, I don't have an answer to that question because I've never had to do it. No, that's, that's fair enough. And, and as like everything we talk about this on the, on this podcast, it's money is one of the, the main factors that, I mean, stats say split up marriages. So it, it's such an important area that needs focus and needs tender, loving care. And it, it really, it really cannot be minimized the importance of this when it comes to partnerships. And I think, I think just working together and making sure you're on the same page is so crucial. I think one thing you could, you know, if you have somebody who's not interested in budgeting, the one way you could get them on board would be to say, you know, we have this financial goal we want to achieve, you know, and, and I've, I've, here's a way we can get there. You know, you could sell it from a goal oriented standpoint. You know, it's, it's easier to get on board than, you know, if you give them, you know, your, your, your end destination and then back into how we're going to get there. I mean, that, that's going to be easy way to get somebody on board. I mean, but realistically, your partner should hopefully want to to be on board with you anyway because that's how you're going to be financially sound and financially okay and financially track your life together. So I, I think hopefully the hard sell to really take budgeting seriously, track your expenses seriously is not going to be something that is a super tough sell. Okay, so I do... Wait, scratch. So I want to jump ship... Scratch, I've said that a lot. Scratch. So I want to move on to talking about sticking to a budget and 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 making adjustments in your budget. So I think the when it's easy, I think it's easy to make a budget, create a budget. I mean, not easy, but tracking your expenses, seeing how much you're going to spend, projecting. But how do you actually exert the self discipline to stick to your projected your projected forecast? Well, one of the easiest ways to fall off the rails is to create an unrealistic budget. And that's generally done by not looking at historical data. So, you know, creating an unrealistic budget and then not meeting it, the motivation drops off quickly. And so if, if I create a, a, a budget and I want to reduce my automotive expenses, you know, that unless I have a plan, I have a, a mechanism to do that, like I'm going to get rid of one of my cars or I got a job closer to work so I have less uh, commuting to do unless I change, you know, you can't just change numbers. You have to change things, you know, in real life. So a lot of people will just say, Oh, I'm going to save money on groceries. Well, that's a, that's a, a good start, but you need to have a plan behind that. You need to have a action plan. A, in, in the corporate finance world, we call that a bridge. And so you have your, 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 your current state and your future state. And it, in between those two numbers is a bridge, and you, you talk about how you're going to get from here to here. You know, you, one might be through cost cutting, the next one might be through efficiencies, and, and the next one might be through uh, a change in market demand or something like that. And you know, you you did you figure out how, how much each of those 
three categories are, are, are going to bridge you to your, your new number. And so you, you need, you need a, to bridge your ideas financially from one spending uh, pattern to another. You, you can't just change the numbers and hope it works out. A lot of times you come up with the idea and then you figure out the financial impact, you know, how it's going to change in your budget. So for instance, if I want to reduce my household expenses, I might say, okay, I'm going to cancel my cable subscription. You know, that's an action. You know, so to stick to a budget, a lot of people, they just put in unrealistic numbers, you know, that the month goes by, they overspend and they say, oh, this budget is not working. You know, and that, that's unfortunate if people take that approach because it's never going to work. It's like going on a diet and saying, I ain't lose 10 pounds and going grocery shopping and filling your fridge with the exact same food you did before you went on your diet. Nothing's going to change. It's, it's the same end result. So you brought up how you are cutting cables a way to cut down your expenses. But what about things, take the grocery example, would you say it's, I would say it's harder to cut down on grocery expenses than it is to do a hard action of cutting your cable. One requires a lot more energy. So to get rid of cable, you just, you know, call up the cable company, say discontinue my cable. But you're going to go through a period of withdrawal when you don't have that cable. You're missing all your favorite shows. So it, it sounds like an easy move. You just pick up the phone and, and say stop it. But then there's an emotional withdrawal you're going to go through for, I'll say, maybe a month of, of missing your favorite show and wondering what to do with that void of time. Whereas the groceries, you know, you, again, you just don't, you don't, you don't buy the food you used to buy. So, you know, or, or you buy, you shop sales and stuff. So it's going to take more effort, more energy up front. And then cutting the cable is going to consume energy after the fact. So by cutting cable, the expense goes away quickly, but the emotional side is, is still going to unfold. Whereas when you're grocery shopping, you know, it's the, the, effort is up front, you know, in, in, in finding out where these things are on sale and then go shopping for them. So it's. And you said a really good word in there, effort. And I think that is so key because sticking to a budget takes, it takes effort and, and making the changes takes effort because it, it really is. This example really is equivalent to losing weight because both take effort, both take a lot of self-determination, self-discipline. You know, there's an expression out there hard decisions, easy life, easy decisions, hard life. And if you always make the easy decisions in the long run, your life is going to be difficult and a struggle. But if you always take the road of making the tough decisions, you know, the ones that require life changes, you're going to, in the long run, have an easy life. I like that. That's, that's, that really does sum this up really nicely. So I do want to touch on, and I I have heard, this is common. It's the, sorry, it's not my budget phrase. What does that mean and how do you use it appropriately? And should, should and I, I'm going to say, I, no one should ever feel ashamed of using it because I, I think that's amazing that you have this budget and you know, you know, like I think that takes a lot of self, self-confidence to be able to say that firmly. You know, a lot of people will say, I, I can't afford it, which is, is another way of saying it's not in my budget. You know, I can't afford it. You know, somebody shows up in my driveway driving a, a Lexus and I say, hey, do you want to go for dinner? And they say, oh, I can't afford it. You know, and I look at the driveway and I say, hmm, that's odd. <laughs> You're driving a Lexus <laughs> and you can't afford to go out for dinner. That, that. But, you know, it's, it's people have, you know, 
allocated their money to certain aspects of their life. So this person really liked cars and that's where they put all their money. And I respect that they've made that decision and I, I, I further respect that they've, they, they, they can't have it all. You know, they're very focused. They, their money is tied up in cars and not entertainment. And so when someone says it's not my budget or I can't afford it, I'm not offended at all. I actually, my respect for that person grows immensely. And I really love that example because it, it highlights how we cannot judge uh, a book by its cover. We cannot judge a person based on their exterior because, again, we always talk about your wealth is not defined by how much you own or what you own. It's it's really defined by your expenses. So the fact that this, this individual is able to, with the Lexus, is able to balance it all and make priorities, that's impressive. Yeah, you know, I, I'd have less respect for the person if they if they tried to afford it all, knowing nobody can afford it all, right? It's So it when someone says it's not my budget or I can't afford it, I, I, I love that they've taken a stand or a position and they're not embarrassed to say that. Or and, and actually, when someone says to me they can't afford it, I, I know our friendship is at, a, is at a, another level. You know, they're not, they're not embarrassed or afraid I'm going to judge them by that. So I, with, I have friends who, who will say that and I kind of take comfort in knowing that our, our friendship is, is at that kind of level where they can say that to me and not not think I'm going to judge them. Oh, I agree. And it's it, it's good because you know that they're on the same financial financial level as you and you both have the same goals of of, of, of living of living a very conscious financial life. So before we end this episode, I do want to lastly talk about budgeting tools and there are, again, like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, there are so many options available. And what's been your experience with them and what do you find works? Well, my, when, my first tool for tracking expenses was a, a, an accounting ledger book where you would just handwrite things in. And that worked remarkably well given there was no computers at the time. I want to I wanna jump in here and say that uh, I talk about this in my blog post again, but that the the handwritten with a pencil in in a book is actually what I'm finding is working for me right now. There's computers and phones and so many different technologies now, but for me being able to see the overview of it and being able to flip back and forth and and I have had a lot of the apps before, but I find it sometimes difficult because some sometimes you're required to enter in numbers in every category you're required to put in an income here and and sometimes and for me it's been working as a more process where I'm able to put numbers in where I want them and when I want to put them in and it's more it's more it's less restrictive I find so I to just to jump in I really do uh, appreciate the the really pen and pen paper and pencil method and it it worked for a lot of years but I'm a I'm a tech guy and we we ended up switching to Quicken, and this was I'm going to say 20 years ago maybe, and we've been using that ever since. And so we use Quicken as a tool not for our budgeting but for tracking our historical spending. And then we print off reports. And then I use being an accountant, you know, a spreadsheet is a blank canvas to me, and I I love creating spreadsheets. And so I use a spreadsheet to create a cash flow um, report. Uh, using income and expense categories and I do it month by month. So, and I, and I, I have a five year plan. So it goes out five years. So what I have is I have five years of historical spending and I have five years of 
projected or forecasted spending and in, in, income. And I, I, so I have 10 years on a spreadsheet. And again, I, once you get this thing set up, it, it, it just takes, you know, maybe an hour a month to update it. And it, it is a, just a, the comfort I get from this tool is phenomenal. I, I, it sounds like a lot of work, 10 years of data, but once you've got it set up, it is low maintenance. And it just, the peace of mind you get from something like this is phenomenal. And I, I can't, I, I wish I could count the, the, the number of good night sleeps I've got because of this. You know, I, I, obviously you can't determine that, but you know, I'm, I have more visibility of, of my personal finances than probably some companies do. And, and that right there is impressive. It sounds like you have this well-oiled machine. For all of our listeners who are maybe a little bit more uncomfortable with budgeting, is there, is, is there a simpler way or maybe a way that is, doesn't, I mean, you're that, I, I guess I'm trying to get away from the intimidating aspect of um, the 10 year forecast or, or should you, should you be aiming that high? Okay, so so being so passionate about personal finances like, like I am, every time a new app or piece of software comes on the market, I, I look into it, and I actually take it for a test drive. So I've looked at every dollar, which is part of the Dave Ramsey empire, and, and it, they have a free and a paid version. And I, I think it's it, it looks pretty solid. It's for somebody more who's in trying to get out of financial debt. You know, it, it's really, I, I look at it more as a, personal finance recovery tool, you know, that it's designed, it really has, you know, paying down debt categories and it, it's a great piece of software and I would recommend it to anybody. Another one is you need a budget and it's like, it goes by the acronym YNAB and it's a paid, ver- it, it's, the, you. they only have a paid version and it, it's pretty good. It has, um, you know, if you don't spend a certain amount, you, you can carry forward budget amounts month to month, right? You know, right, rather than if you didn't spend that much, uh, it, it's just surplus. So I, I won't get into the technical side of it, but it, it's a great tool. Mint is a very popular one. And it's the problem I have with some of these programs is they require you to link to your bank account. And if you read the fine print, if you share your banking information with a third party, you are no longer insured by the whoever insures your deposits in Canada. I can't think of the organization. But so that one requires you to link to your bank account. So the Dave Ramsey one doesn't. You can, but you don't have to. The you need a budget, you can, but you don't have to link to your bank account. But Mint, you have to. You can't even get started until you put in your banking information. So I think Mint is a popular one. I mean, I've watched some videos on it and I've read about it. It's a, it looks like a great tool. I love that it's on your phone, so it's always with you. But I don't like that you have to link to a bank account. It makes me really nervous. And there's a lot of there's a lot of banking fraud going on. And I I, I personally know people that have been burned uh, with banking fraud. And who knows if it was Mint that was the cause of it? I don't know. But but there's a there's a lot of good tools out there. And there's a lot of sort of, uh, I'll call them tier two, no name type of tool, you know, you can get apps for. Again, I would, uh, the, the risk with those is where do you back up your data? You know, because you could always have, a, your phone could crash or whatever. So there's all sorts of, I, I think, read the reviews. I mean, there's no short of information out there. There's YouTube videos on all of them, you know, countless YouTube videos. Uh, 
I use Quicken. It's been working for 20 years, so I'm, I'm not changing. So that definitely gives our listeners a lot of options to go off of. And if you, our listener, have any other options or if there's something that works for you, let us know. Leave it in the comments. Send us an email. Write us uh, a review and put it in there. Anything like that. Anything that works for you, we'd love to hear about it and share it on an upcoming show. So, Trevor, I think we've done a pretty good job at covering budgeting, what it is, how to do it, and how to stick to a budget. Do you have any final thoughts before we end the show? Yeah, I would say, you know, you can wander into debt and into financial ruins, but you need a pretty good, solid roadmap to get out of it. And budgeting is the roadmap that will get you to uh, a good place financially. Well said, and... Again, thank you so much for being here with us this week. Make sure to head over to our Instagram account. Follow us over there. We update when new episodes come out and as well as when new blog posts come out as well. I'm going to be posting blog posts twice a month. So look forward to that. All the updates will be there as well as on our Facebook page. The link to both will be in our show notes. And if you haven't checked out livelifesimple.ca, our website, The link will also be in our show notes, so head over there. We have our bios up there, a little bit of an FAQ, um, news when new episodes come out as well. So until next week, keep it simple. Simple.